One issue has brought women from both the left and the right together to fight for women's safety, dignity, and opportunity. We'll tell you more about it next. From the nation's capital, this is Use Your Voice with Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America. Here's your host, Penny Nance. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Use Your Voice. I'm Doreen Denny, CWA's Senior Director of Government Relations, in for Penny Nance, who's again traveling this week. But I'm excited to be here with you today and to alert you to the threat we are facing in Congress through what is known as the so-called Equality Act. The Equality Act seeks to do one thing which will have profound effects in our country, and that is to redefine what we've traditionally understood to be sex, male and female. Instead, sex would be redefined to include gender identity and sexual orientation. In the case of gender identity, which is an idea about yourself, not your true sex, any person at any time could choose to be whatever sex he or she feels at any moment and for any reason. The challenge with this is not just the idea that there are some people who are experiencing dysphoria in how they see themselves, but that it would also open the door to a person perhaps taking advantage of such status for their own gain. And in the area of women's shelters or in bathrooms or other places where young girls and others might need to make sure that their safety is preserved, the Equality Act would allow for any public setting, any shelter, any bathroom or locker room to be an open door for any male who would want to enter that place as a female. There's another way that this act will affect women, and that's in the area of our opportunity. Title IX was a bill that was passed to ensure that women had a fair playing field and equal opportunities in sports competition and academics and in other ways. But in the case of the Equality Act, Title IX would be completely negated. Any biological male that would choose to compete as a female would have the chance to do it just by saying that he felt female. Here today to talk to us about this is Beth Steltzer from Save Women's Sports. She has a personal story and is involved in these important efforts to recognize that biological men should not be allowed to compete against women in sports. It's a pleasure to be joined today by Beth Stelzer. She's from Minnesota and she is a member of the Women's U.S. Amateur Powerlifting Association. What's important about Beth's um, conversation with us today is that powerlifting is one of the sports that's kind of in the crosshairs of the current debate around transgender inclusion in athletics. And so I want us to talk to Beth and have Beth share with us today, starting off just uh, her own personal story about how she got into um, powerlifting and then also more about what she's experiencing in the middle of this. So Beth, thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you. And as we get started, I just would love to hear your story about how you got into powerlifting. Well, I kind of consider myself just a typical mom and housewife and maybe you could call it kind of hit a sort of early midlife crisis and really started getting into health. And I snuck to some fitness classes when I had time, like CrossFit and kickboxing, and started with a goal to run a 5K. And I eventually just fell in love with how empowering the barbell was. And I used to have these panic attacks from domestic violence when I was a young adult, and powerlifting has really empowered me to overcome that. 
Well, that is just so inspiring. And just to think that you found an outlet for something that was also a part of recovery um, really does speak volumes about how our recreational and not only our recreational activities, but how we, when we choose to commit ourselves to something that helps to be a positive experience can really help us overcome these things. And I'm so sorry to hear that you have been a victim of, of domestic abuse and violence. And um, there's just so much to be said for empowering women Women. And we're so grateful that Title IX was really an avenue for women in sports from the 1970s, that when we were recognizing the importance that women and female athletes would have the opportunity to pursue athletic opportunities in college, especially, that this was uh, something that we have were sort of guaranteed as an opportunity and to have some equal access in that regard. But today we are facing the reality that women's sports is being challenged by the desire for transgender athletes and we're talking in this case biological males who want to compete as women. Tell us what you are experiencing in the sport of powerlifting in this way. Well, you're right. It, you know, it's sad, and you don't realize until it, it hits home for you. You know, I, I trained for powerlifting for about two years before I had the confidence to enter into a sanctioned meet, and I spent hours in the gym, counted my calories, and I was really proud and excited to finally sign up for the Minnesota Women's State Championship. And during that time, I worked through some serious setbacks, like some painful miscarriage and almost losing my dad to an infection. And so this really meant a lot to me that I got to this exciting event and only to have that glory taken away by transgender rights activists protesting all day long because men weren't allowed to compete as women. Well, and in this experience, you, I, Beth and I, I should just say, were on a panel together recently at the Heritage Foundation talking about the unfair playing field in women's athletics in the age of gender identity. And Beth, I remember you just talking vividly about this experience, and maybe you can share a little bit more about that, that how the protesters chose to disrupt this um, competition. Right, so we get nine chances to lift during the competition, and these protesters took the whole minute that is allowed to complete each one of those lifts to carry on clapping and chanting. And so we had two platforms of lifters going on at the same time. So even if they weren't protesting on your side, they were more likely protesting on the other side. And it basically ruined the event. It carried on all day long for the feelings of one person. And the transgender athlete at the center of the protest, who's a man that identifies as a woman, already holds another lifting federation, women's championships and state records. So I feel like what we're seeing is just the beginning. Right. And this particular individual has some notoriety in the news media recently. Is there anything that you'd like to say specifically about this person and sort of the motivation behind what he's doing? Well, I've seen a recent article stating that they're sidelined from the competition, and there's plenty of chances. No one is excluding these athletes. It's simply, do you fit into the criteria for that division or not? And it's simply not fair for men to compete against women, and we shouldn't take organizations right the way to claim that. They even go as far as to say that there's no simple test to tell if there's a man or a woman. I mean, we're not in scientific reality here. Yeah, it really is quite amazing that um, the reality of our biology and our sex that does start at the moment of conception is somehow now being denied in the idea that we can choose our sex. It's not assigned or designated, or they're calling it designated at birth. You know, it's not really then. It's, it's embedded in the very chromosomes, our DNA. 
And I think that, you know, most high school students that have gone through biology understand this reality. So it is quite astonishing that um, these are the kinds of arguments now being made to somehow justify a biological male competing as a female in a sport like powerlifting. If there's ever a sport that was going to really have the, those physical distinctions play out in a very real way, I think powerlifting really does personify that. And, and tell us a little bit about that. I, I know that you, you've talked about the, just the difference between first and second place that can happen in a competition like this. Well, for example, in, in the championship of this transgender athlete, one, they outlifted the woman that placed second by 150 pounds. And the average bench press between a man and a woman is at least 30% difference. They talk about the male advantage being about 10 to 12%, but that's an average. When you look at sports like powerlifting, it can get higher than 30%. And right in there, you're, you've lost before you've even started. As they say, you just you never have a chance to even get um, to have a fair opportunity to compete. And you know, and it is it is disappointing. And we can talk more about uh, just how even younger athletes now are being affected by this. But we are going to take a moment here just to have a quick break. So we'll be back in just a moment to talk further with Beth. Delser about women in athletics in the age of gender identity. Hey ladies, you're smart, passionate, and savvy. You care about your family and you care about our nation. That's why you should join Concerned Women for America. I'm Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America, and I pray you will visit ConcernedWomen.org to learn how you can add your voice to the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. That's ConcernedWomen.org. I'm not one to involve myself in politics. I don't hold ties to any side, and I consider myself a realist. I work hard, raise my family, and manage to find time for my athletic pursuits. This is not something I want to do or enjoy doing, but if I can give courage to other women, especially girls in high school sports, then I will speak out. For over two years now, I have hit the gym a couple hours a day, five to six days a week. I have stuck to a strict nutrition plan by counting every calorie and macronutrient. I even scheduled my meals. The training program was grueling, and balancing it with caring for my family required as much, if not more, discipline than lifting the weight. After competing at some small local events, I finally grew the courage to sign up for the United States Powerlifting Minnesota Women's State Championships in February. Everyone has challenges in life, and I had several personal setbacks along this journey. There was times I wasn't able to train, but after every setback, I found myself back at the barbell. There's a saying in the powerlifting community, there's a beast inside of every woman that unleashes when you place a barbell in her hands. That's what this sport has done for me, and that's what I hope for other women. While pushing my body to lifting over 300 pounds off the ground, my mind grew strong as well. It's allowed me to stand tall after surviving domestic abuse and stalking. I no longer have the panic attacks that used to cripple me. Powerlifting has empowered me. Imagine my surprise and heartache when the event that I had been dreaming about and working so hard for was jeopardized by controversy. Transgender athletes, men who identify as women, were trying to compete in the women's division after the USAPL created a policy that preserves women's right to fair sports by not allowing biological men to compete as women. Rumors of protests were rampant. I had no idea what to expect or what I should do or say. I felt lost and alone because lately, standing up for women is labeled transphobic. I spoke with the USAPL state chairman. He assured me that everything would run smoothly, but there might be a few silent protesters. 
This whole transgender movement was very new to me. Although I knew, we all know, that men competing against women is not fair, I still wanted to approach the situation with compassion. So I took a deep dive. I spent countless hours reading articles and watching videos trying to understand, but I felt like I was drowning. I no longer felt the competition was a safe place for my biggest supporters, my mom and son, to cheer me on. And I wasn't ready to explain this to an eight-year-old, and he wasn't ready to be exposed to such controversy. I contemplated if I should still compete. After seeing the online backlash of anyone who showed opposition to the transgender agenda, I was silenced by fear and in a situation that I never thought would be my reality. I was then struck by another setback. My son needed his appendix out the night before the competition. Being my most dedicated training buddy, he knew how much effort I had put into this and was adamant that I still compete. So with much guilt, I left him in the care of my mom and hit the road. I was shocked when I arrived to find that there were only 82 competitors there out of the 120 that had signed up. This is unheard of with the rising popularity of my sport. There's no longer the competition that I had signed up for. 14 competitors chose to time out at the bar by standing in silence instead of lifting, while protesters gathered around, clapped, and chanted for the full minute that is allowed to attempt the lift. In powerlifting, we perform three lifts, the squat, bench, and deadlift. At competitions, we are separated by sex and weight, and we get three chances at each lift. The best of each creates your total, which determines the winner. This gave the activists each nine chances to protest, which most took full advantage of, and resulted in well over 90 minutes of disruptions. With two platforms of competitors lifting at the same time, this uproar carried on regardless of whose turn it was. It is no exaggeration to say that this unsportsmanlike conduct ruined the event. Welcome back to Use Your Voice. I'm here with Beth Stelzer, who is um, part of the U.S. Amateur Powerlifting Association's women's competition. She's an athlete who's um, doing amazing things for women in sports. And I do want to mention, going into this next segment, that Beth has founded an organization called Save Women's Sports. And if that doesn't capture what we're about here today and discussing, that is really at the heart of what we're talking about in this conversation about transgenders and athletics. So Beth, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Before we get into more about your organization and more about what you see on the horizon, I do want to mention we left off with just the notion that females that are facing this kind of unfair competition, it really does affect the motivation of athletes. And Concerned Women for America not long ago had a mother from Georgia call us. She was looking for a place to express her concerns, trying to find an organization that would be able to help her understand what was happening to her high school age daughter who was competing in track. And um, so she called the Women's Sports Foundation, which was founded by Billie Jean King, who wouldn't um, acknowledge that this was a problem. Uh, she called the National Organization for Women, who also wasn't acknowledging or wouldn't accept that accepting transgender biological males in female athletics was a problem. And so she found Concerned Women for America and said, where all the, are the organizations fighting for women's rights? Well, here we are, Concerned Women for America. Here we are, Save Women's Sports Foundation. And uh, Beth, we're great grateful to have you here. Um, this mother, you know, just kind of broke my heart when she said that her daughter had come to her and said, Mom, if this is going to be the way it is, what's the point? So tell us a little bit more about that, what you're seeing, what you might be personally experiencing by facing this. It's absolutely demoralizing, especially for these young women. And, and it's scary when you can't find resources 
that support your values. And, and that's kind of why I started Save Women's Sports. These girls are facing some serious risks. And when we, we look at elite athletes a lot when we're in this debate. And we need to look at these young girls. Put ourselves in their shoes. And how would we feel if boys were in our locker rooms, let alone our sports team? A few well, you, is too many. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I love the, 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 you know, the explainer line on your, on your, um, for your organization says an organization that seeks to preserve biology-based eligibility standards for participation in female sports. I mean, the mere fact that we're having to debate this just seems to some people just absurd. And yet it's happening. It's happening already in places across the country and, and on the track fields and in powerlifting, in volleyball, in basketball, uh, in soccer, in rugby. I mean, we're seeing it in so many different places across the country and um, around the world even. And uh, of course, I think with the Olympics coming up in 2020, that's going to be another place where this debate rages with the kinds of athletes that might be entering different competitions. You have an important thing happening within the U.S. Powerlifting Association in the coming week, and, and I just want you to explain a little bit about that, what you see and anticipate in the context of your own sport. So after going through the experience that I did, I was rather proud of United States Powerlifting for having a policy that preserves women's right to fair sports. But unfortunately, these transgender rights activists have suggested an amendment that will be voted on during a meeting May 9th, and this policy would allow men to compete as women only by lowering their testosterone. And we know that the reduction of endogenous testosterone does not remove the benefits that males acquire in utero and during puberty. Yeah, and so so explain a little bit about that, how maybe a little more just for our listeners, you know, how you see that the, the physical reality and the physical physiology of males really can't ever be depressed or regress enough to make it a fair kind of equal playing field. There are studies that show us that even after the reduction of testosterone for a year, that these males still keep their muscle density, which means they keep their strength. You can never change your bone structure. It won't change their bone density. It won't change things like their um, connective tissues and how these structures all work together. Their physiology is different from women. We were made complementary, and that's okay, and we need to acknowledge that. Right. And like you said, I mean, these are physiological differences that can't ever be erased. They can never be, I mean, certainly among the female population, there are many differences in, in terms of our abilities and our athletic abilities and certainly within the male population. But let's let's compete together equally. You know, I mean, certainly we're not going to all be able to be elite athletes, but the, the physical advantage that comes right up from the sex differences is profound and can never be mitigated fully. What do you see coming out of this meeting? What, or what would be your ideal outcome, or what do you see coming down the pike here? So, so it's really up to up to this meeting. They need a two-thirds majority, and the executive committee and the state chairs will have the right to vote. And the executive committee has held a firm in their standing to preserve women's sports. So, I just look forward to keeping everyone updated to the meeting. And I really don't expect this to pass, but in our world, crazier things have happened. 
Yeah, right. And we do want to make sure that our listeners know that um, because we're recording prior to this meeting, by the time that uh, some might be listening to this, there will have been uh, some definitive action. So do check back with concernwomen.org or savewomensports.com and look for the result of that activity. Beth, I do want to, before we wrap up here, uh, do want to ask what you suggest that people can do, um, folks that might be motivated to share their voice, to use their voice in this debate. What would you suggest are some avenues for that to be effective? We need to start grassroots. Start having those tough conversations with your family member, your friends, your neighbors. Get in touch with organizations like SaveWomenSports.com. You can also talk with your school board, your administrative professionals. Just make sure that your voice is heard. I think a lot of times these organizations are coming in and kind of silently passing these rules without really notifying many people what's going, what's happening and what the repercussions could be. And I think a majority of people are very unaware of this subject to begin with. Well, and as, as you're well aware, too, in the halls of Congress, the debate is on about over the what they so-called Equality Act, which would be a dangerous bill if passed because it would it would redefine in our civil rights laws sex to include gender identity, which means that these kinds of our opportunities in sports in Title IX would be negated uh, if it just separating that for female opportunity. And this is a threat that we see. It's already happening. Some states have already acted in this way, and we're seeing the results and the impact of those policies right now. Is there anything you'd like to say about that? I think the Equality Act could be a serious thing for not only women's sports, but First Amendment and religious rights as well. And if the Equality Act passed, it would remove organizations' rights like the USAPL to even have a meeting to discuss this. There would be no discussion. There would be only acceptance of identity. Right. And that identity could be something that someone uh, chooses for now and changes next year. That's the one thing about the gender identity um, philosophy or ideology is that it's nothing that has to be permanent. It's not anything that has to be diagnosed. It's simply whatever someone's feeling, how they perceive themselves, what they desire for themselves to, to how they desire for themselves to identify. Uh, so certainly that could be taken advantage of as well. It's an absolute denial of biology. I think you couldn't say it any more concisely, Beth. Well, we're going to, we need to wrap up our time today, but uh, Beth, I want you to be able to give our listeners a chance to, to know exactly how they can reach out to Save Women's Sports. Give us your web address. Let us know anything you'd like to know about your site. You can visit savewomensports.com. There you can find ways to contact us to get support. You can find the latest articles, videos and um, find us on social media. That's wonderful. And and Beth, we wish you all the luck. I mean, I suspect that you're preparing for upcoming competition. This fall I will be. I kind of took some time off to take this seriously, but I haven't left the barbell behind, that's for sure. <laughs> that's great. Well, we wish you all the luck in this endeavor. We look forward to continuing our partnership in this work, and the Lord bless you in it all. Thank you for defending women. Beth's story tells us very vividly that the impact of the Equality Act can go way beyond just opportunity in sports, but it goes into the other kinds of things that come along with that. For young girls that are looking for scholarships and college campuses, for sponsorships, it affects relationships, it affects the capacity for your jobs and your future opportunities. The unfortunate thing right now is so many people are feeling silenced in this debate because the trans activist voice is so 
loud and aggressive. And that silence is having its own costs. We need you to use your voice in this debate. As the Congress is preparing to vote on the Equality Act, we need you to call your members of Congress and tell them no. Tell them that the Equality Act is unfair for women, it's unfair for our society, and it should be rejected. You can call your member of Congress at 202-224-3121, 202-224-3121. As we mentioned earlier, this is not an issue about the right or the left. In fact, Concerned Women for America is coming together with radical feminists on the left to say no to this bill and to no to the Equality Act's assault on women. Please join us in, in using your voice against this. Congress needs to hear that women's safety and women's opportunities should not be put at risk. The fundamental unfairness of the Equality Act is already playing out in places that are trying to use gender identity as a means for men entering women's spaces like shelters and bathrooms and locker rooms and also playing on the sports field and on the track and, and winning and besting them in competition. We need you to speak out and your congressman needs to hear from you today. Again, 202-224-3121. Please join us in this fight against the Equality Act. And join us next time for Use Your Voice. Thanks for listening. Use Your Voice is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. For more information, visit ConcernedWomen.org. That's ConcernedWomen.org.